Grenka, 100% your finance partner for fast, accessible cash flow solutions. Get back to business with Grenka. Get the latest equipment you need and keep your cash where you need it in your business through leasing and invoice finance. We make credit decisions in 20 minutes and can pay your supplier or fund your chosen invoices within 24 hours of completion. We finance 100% of the asset, no deposits needed, and you can lease equipment from as little as 500 euro upwards. Grenka, your finance partner for fast, efficient leasing and invoice finance options. That's G-R-E-N-K-E. Welcome to another episode of the Disneyverse Disney Debates, the podcast where we're going to figure out exactly what is the best Disney film ever made. I am your host and grandmaster, Zane C. Weber, and today we are going to figure out which is the better Disney film between Tarzan and Peter Pan. To help us do it, we have two returning debaters defending Peter Pan. We have... Oh, Maddie, that's right. That's right, and defending Tarzan is none other than... Gina Schwartz, how's it going? Oh, okay, we all have catchphrases <laughs> and I was prepared. Uh, and fact-checking today, we have again... Carly Skelton, I didn't prepare a catchphrase, I feel very, very bad. Don't worry, we're on the good team, Carly. Yeah! <laughs> so, do you have any biases to declare today? I do. Oh, no. I do. Which, so, which way are you leaning? I am a hardcore Phil Collins fan and I was super mad that at his concert earlier this year he played zero Tarzan songs. I was like, I walked out with my friend and was like, oh, so mad. Yeah, yeah, I know. He didn't have to go that hard for Tarzan, but he went that hard. He did, though. He really did. Yeah. Some would say too hard. I think it's just you. I think it's just you saying that. Stop giving away content. (laughs) All right, so... In the second round, mm-hmm. we have a slightly different debate yes. format. Mm-hmm. Each of you will have six minutes to make your opening statements, your opening statements including the positives for your film and the negatives for your opponent's film. Then we'll take a short break. We'll come back with a question and answer segment where I will bring up some points, ask you to clarify points that you have made or maybe bring up something that you might rather not be brought up. About your films. <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to. There's nothing in Peter Pan, nothing glaring. <laughs> then we will take another short break, come back with your three minute closing argument segments in which you make your closing statements, and then I go on to make the decision. Now, in the first segment, you will have six minutes with a warning at five. Your warning will sound like this. And when your time is up, you'll be interrupted rather rudely by Duckwing Duck saying... The jig is up, you jaded jug-headed jack-in-the-box! Now, we have determined that Matthew Hannibal Butler is going to be going first today with Mm -hmm. his argument for Peter Pan. So, Matthew, if you're ready, your time starts when you start talking. Ah, Peter Pan. The fantasy adventure film that makes you believe in the magic of animation and moreover, in magic itself. It captures our spirits of youth and adventure in such a bittersweet way. One where we treasure the fun young times gone by while knowing why we had to say goodbye to that old Neverland. Peter Pan is Disney magic, a crowning achievement of a classic that flies above the rest. A faithful adaptation of J.M. Barry's landmark play, the film does what the stage and novel couldn't. It makes the fantasy real. It is suburbly written to the plot... 
It is superbly written so that the plot never falters and builds naturally to its emotional climaxes. Stakes get raised to tragic proportions with every character, when every character has a purpose, every line of dialogue is at once witty, thematic, and propelling the plot, and even Pan's living shadow is a character, character unto itself. Walt Disney himself had nurtured this project through literal wars to see it through to production in glorious technicolor, like a good Errol Flynn movie. Never once got not believing in fairies and unwilling to compromise the story he adored. In his own words, next to Snow White, I cared most for Peter Pan. I mentioned in my duel with the Jungle Book a lot of what makes this movie a pirate's ultimate treasure. Its impeccable casting of theatrical actors who performed the play as if it were a play on stage, and this was captured in animation with all of the human gravity, charming nuance, and unplanned eccentricity that comes from a real performance. No matter how much one studies us anatomically, like in Tarzan, you cannot falter the true kind of emotion of a true performance. We have the animation, master strokes of the nine old men, seamlessly integrating the fantasy of flights, fairies, and lavish locales with the grounded reality of the darling children, London, and the brutality of the pirates. Even when they're flying, you feel the gravity of the animation. To be sure, even without fancy-schmancy deep canvas technology, they captured a depth and scope in traditional drawing that I dare say is yet to be exceeded. Finally, the music ain't some pop album, but... <laughs> I will happily listen to this epic, fanciful feast of music over such a chart topper any day. Like Eric, Eric Wolfgang Korngold or Max Steiner, they who defined what a Hollywood escapist adventure sounds like, this music evokes the sweeping, swashbuckling action, humor, and drama from the screen that is an adventure itself to hear. Like any great classic from the golden age of Hollywood, there's something undoubtedly unique and truly legendary about Peter Pan. It's a movie where all the stars aligned, the perfect story, the perfect cast, the perfect music, and the perfect team to bring us through to the second start to the right and straight on till morning. Now to destroy Tarzan. <laughs> the process, deep canvas. Sure, it's a very intrig intriguing, deep kind of action scope, but it's dated. It feels like a cheap roller coaster video game, and it doesn't. It takes us out of the action of the scene as time goes on. It's 20, 20 years old, and it looks it, as opposed to my 80-year-old or 70-year-old Peter Pan. For a film set in Africa, there are no Africans in this movie. Now, this could be justified that the original books by Eric, um, can't never remember his first name. Edgar Rice Burroughs only included African characters once Tarzan got involved in politics, fighting Germans in South Africa, for example. But my issue is that it didn't include any characters that were, well, real, because it couldn't. Any kind of additional character that brought in the real world would have been disastrous, as this story is ridiculous. It cannot work without reality. Which brings me to your, kind, your precious Phil Collins. Now, Phil Collins sings all of those numbers in Tarzan because the director said that it would be too ridiculous for Tarzan to sing. This is not a good, this is not a rea real movie. This the movie does not have the gravitas that is advertised by this director. It's a ridiculous movie. The physics are ridiculous. The story is ridiculous. It's a good story, but all Disney stories are ridiculous. The absurdity is what makes these films valuable. And not having Tarzan sing his own songs, we don't get songs of I want. We get narration from Phil Collins saying he wants. And as a result, we have a, a very sweeping, very powerful soundtrack that's completely apart from the main narrative. So we don't get the emotional payoff that comes from singing. Indeed, the Disney Renaissance formula, which Phil Collins ended, that's right, Phil Collins ended the Disney Renaissance. He did it by breaking the tried and true formula of the Disney Renaissance, which is based on musical theater. If you can't speak it, if, if the emotion becomes such that it's not suitable for speech, you have to sing it. And Tarzan 
doesn't sing these emotions. So we get a romance between Jane and Tarzan that doesn't reach any kind of climax or any kind of real believability because they bond, there's a great score to it, but they never express the emotions themselves for us to believe in the romance that they have created rather quickly and which needs to build to a high standard because of the great consequences that this romance has, i.e. Jane leaving civilization to live with Tarzan in the woods. This is a fairy tale and it's simple. Oh, that got, it? Oh no, I got, I got more. I no, just thought I was running out of time. Oh my goodness. All right, I'm just gonna keep break, wailing on Phil Collins. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> a popular musician is no substitute for the formula that made the Disney Renaissance. Rolling Stone even criticized Phil Collins' album, saying that Collins self singing himself instead of Tarzan because Tarzan singing is somehow too ridiculous for the totally not ridiculous Tarzan is a lame, over-reburbed entry in the, and is the exact oral and emotional opposite to the great hit in the air tonight, which is, you know, a strong beat. This is a pop artist trying to do a primal jungle rhythm for a primal jungle story. And because of these low stakes and because of these kind of, this attempt to convince us that we're not watching a kid's movie, even though it's hard to forget, oh, um, it goes over violence in sequences where it doesn't really need to. And it's just artificially lifting stakes. All right, Put the jiggers up, you jaded <laughs> jughead okay. and jack in the box. Some strong words, mostly about Phil Collins, and we have some facts to check. Yes, we do. So a few things that you said were correct. Phil Collins was initially brought onto the project as a songwriter, but then the directors went, mm, half-naked man sitting on a branch breaking into song, not going to happen. So he was changed into rather than a songwriter as like actually singing in, in the movie. Um, and something you said about Peter Pan as well, the melody from Second Star to the Right um, was actually written for Alice in Wonderland originally. Oh, cool. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's all I had. Everything else was true and correct. Wonderful. Okay, Gina. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. You have six minutes with a warning at five and mm. your time starts when you start talking. I'm going to let you finish, but Tarzan has one of the best opening sequences of all time. From the very moment we hear Phil Collins' drums, you're hooked. The boat burning on the turbulent ocean and baby Tarzan just happy that he's there with his family. Tarzan is the best Disney film of all time. It was so successful in the first 10 days in box office, it neared $80 million. Tarzan also won four awards and won, uh, was up for 10 Annie Award nominations and has an all-star cast. Tarzan is a story of family, love and acceptance. That blood isn't always thicker than water and just because you choose your family doesn't make them any less your family. Tarzan teaches us you cannot choose who you love. This is shown through Carla's absolute admiration of Tarzan, that fierce maternal instinct right from the start. And the love between Tarzan and Jane. They hardly understood each other when they first meet, but they are soon inseparable, working as a team, supporting, teaching and protecting each other. Acceptance is such an important motif throughout the film. Tarzan shows us that your differences aren't something to be ashamed of. And just because you don't understand something doesn't make it dangerous or worth less than you. This is shown through Tarzan's eventual acceptance that he is, although different from his family, these differences are 
amazing and are what uh, saves his herd and his family in the end. And of course, Kerchak's eventual acceptance of Tarzan um, as his son is one of the best father-son moments in Disney history. In the end, when Kerchak has been shot, Tarzan says, Kerchak, forgive me. Kerchak says, no, forgive me for not understanding that you have always been one of us. Our family will look to you now. Take care of them, my son. Take care of them. This film is riddled with memorable moments. Jane jumping out of the rowboat, swimming back to Tarzan with her dress billowing out behind her. And when Tarzan kills the boar and lifts up the dead body and cries out. When Tarzan takes off Jane's glove and they see that they're the same. When Tarzan comes out of the treehouse wearing his father's suit, the trashing the camp sequence song. All the animals interacting and destroying the human objects. And finally, the ending of the film with Jane and Tarzan. Tarzan on that giant tree as Tarzan cries and the movie ends. Iconic. The music in this film is legendary. End of. The soundtrack made by Phil Collins won a Grammy Award for the best soundtrack album. The song You'll Be My Heart uh, won both uh, Academy Award and a Golden Globe for best original song. Um, Tarzan was the first Disney soundtrack to be recorded in multiple languages, English, Italian, German, Spanish, French. And the album has sold 2,500,000. 186,000 copies in the US as of April 2014. Tarzan was shirtless for most of the film, which meant hell for the animators because there was so much muscle structure and movement sequences that they needed to get perfect. But they did it. The Paris animation team studied different animals in order to transpose their movements onto him. They also consulted with a professor, uh, with a professor on anatomy. This meant that Tarzan was the first Disney character to accurately display working muscles. And to prepare for animating the gorillas, the animation team attended lectures on primates, made trips to zoos, and the animators were so good at they, what they did, they uh, it created a completely new type of animation called Deep Canvas, which is amazing. Anyway, Peter Pan does not and will not stand the test of time. The women in this movie are portrayed as ill-tempered, blabbering bait who hate each other, who can't defend themselves and who are so desperate for Peter's attention. They sexualized and fat-shamed a fairy. She's wearing a crotch-long dress and within the first two minutes of being introduced, she looks at herself in the mirror and measures her hips as if they're too big. She's a fairy and she's worried about her weight. She's literally two centimetres tall. She hates Wendy because Peter shows interest in her and she tries to get the lost boys to kill her. Wendy at this point has only shown admiration for Tinkerbell. They also sexualize the mermaids and when they tried to drown Wendy, Peter laughs. And Peter says things along the lines of, girls talk too much. Get on with it girl. She called you big ugly girl. What are we trying to teach kids? That all women can't be friends and are always threats to one another this is the kind of toxic thinking that we're trying to stop in 2019 the females in tarzan are strong funny intelligent and loving women who have personalities in and lives whereas in peter pan they're just there for a shallow plot point something to be laughed at and saved the racism is huge with lines like go out and capture some indians blackfoot tribe quite savage you know and referring to them as redskins and the chief at one point says teach them pale face brother all about red man with wendy replying good this should be most enlightening a white boy telling the history of the indians will be enlightening and tiger lily 
Surprise has no lines. The cultural preparation is through the roof. Put the whole movie in the bin. The casual violence is alarming. Hook tries to kill the children multiple times and it's just oh so funny. At least in Tarzan when there's violence, it's for survival and you know it's bad. The music and tone of the violence tells that this is dangerous and not good. In Peter Pan, it's celebrated and laughed at. The music is whimsical and there's physical comedy oh how funny hook shoots a man because he was singing a song and he didn't like it ha ha is if the idea behind this film is to show how innocence and giddiness is a child's bread and butter then i don't understand why we need so much racism toxic stereotyping and idealization of murder peter pan shows that trying to kill someone can be fun and fanciful just look at hook just look at tinkerbell just look at the mermaids it has never won an award wasn't even nominated for an academy peter pan has aged and is now the inappropriate uncle at christmas the only difference is the uncle has a chance of changing peter pan is locked in history as horribly racist and toxic movie it doesn't have a great story peter pan the character itself is careless annoying rude and destructive this movie just sucks tarzan is better in every way the jig is up you jaded jughead jack in the box i quite agree darkwing that's quite <laughs> enough <laughs> well well done that is oh, so many notes. Wonderful. We're going to take a quick break now and we'll come back after this fact check. Very, very quick fact check. Yeah. Um, I'm just waiting for the computer to load because I've got things to say. So you said um, that Peter Pan didn't win any awards. I'm just on the Oscars.org website. Yes. Um, there were only like six categories in 1953. I'm going to double check that in the break. Um, okay. But I think it's very difficult to win, win best lead actor uh, when you're in an animated feature. Let me check that and we'll come back after the break. Okay. All right then. Question and answer time. Now, first up, Matthew. Yes. <laughs> you accused Tarzan of ending the Disney Renaissance. I did. As if that is a terrible thing by saying that the various innovations that they brought in and the way that Phil Collins wrote the music for this was a negative thing. Mm. In the same time as saying that the innovations that Peter Pan made were revolutionary. Can you tell me why the innovations that Peter Pan made were revolutionary mm -hmm. and why the innovations that Tarzan made were destructive? Certainly. So Peter Pan was a return to form for Disney. It was at a time when during the 50s and, uh, and 40s, Disney wasn't really having that great of an output. It wasn't landing with an audience very much. So this was a return to form for Disney because he devoted what made Snow White and Pinocchio so special, his passion for a story back into a film. And he brought those innovations. He waited for Peter Pan's production because he wanted to make it immediately. He couldn't wait to make Peter Pan. But he waited because for technology to kind of reach a point when he could do the story justice. And that's when innovations of animation is so important because the story, the animation innovation is dedicated to making the story as true to its source and to its heart as it can be. With Tarzan and ending the Disney Renaissance, we are in an age where we were adapting classic books like Hunchback of Notre Dame and... Uh, Hans Christian Andersen's Little Mermaid and then we get a, another classic Tarzan and they diverted from the formula that had worked for a decade that had become a phenomenon that had put Disney I would dare say 
paved the foundation for Disney to becoming the empire that it is now because it was becoming kind of obsolete because everyone was doing animation. So by ending that period, mm. it kind of spelled the end for those that classic Disney filmmaking that we all love for so long. And why is it a bad thing mm. if mm. the music that you're accusing of doing that won a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Golden Globe? I think it was a soundtrack more concerned with topping the pop charts than it was for reflecting the emotion of the film. Can I rebut? Um, I'm going to let you rebut in your own time next round. I do have a question for you, though, Gina. So you've quite astutely accused Peter Pan of racism. Yes. Um, So I just want to ask you why you think Tarzan is not racist for featuring only white people in a story about Africa. I understand where someone could draw that conclusion. But the fact is, it's not a story about Africa. It's a story about a white man, boy, child, who accidentally is in the jungle. It's not about African culture. It's about some gorillas and this white boy. I don't, it's not being inherently racist. Mm-hmm. I think in 2019, we can be like, why didn't they? do a story that is based in Africa with some African characters. I can understand how someone can draw that conclusion, but the truth is it's not. It, that's not what the story is about. So you think it would be different now? Because my question for you was um, that you, you did reference the racism in Peter Pan. Do you feel if the movie was released now that the racist and sexist undertones would be different? I'd Look, to be honest, I don't know how they would do it otherwise because in Peter Pan... There's a whole plot point about um, Michael and John and the Lost Boys going off to capture some Indians. The 50s were a different time, guys. Would they turn that around to like, let's go see some Indians? But then how would they pull that off? Because the plot needs to be that they get um, like uh, captured by the Indians so Peter Pan comes Mm. and saves them. I just don't see how you can dance around that, even in 2019, unless you change the full story. It did may, change it a bit for Hook, though. May I rebut? So, with the with the Indians in the Peter Pan kind of mythos in Neverland. So, this is going back to the book, but I won't go to that because we're talking about the movie. Mm-hmm. It's in the movie when the Lost Boys get captured and they're tied to the, like the stick. They talk they talk to the chieftain as a friend because they are friends, and he's like, well. We cut you loose when we capture your people. You cut us loose. But the chief in that instance is upset because Tiger Lily's been kidnapped, so he's not going to cut him loose. It's a game, and that's what it is. And that's what Neverland is. It's a play. It's an overgrown, fanciful playground. So yes, they, so if we may, if a, an adaptation of Peter Pan was made today, the boys probably would go out to go catch the Indians. But it would probably be much clearer that it's a game. It's not like actually hunting them. Okay, that Mm. actually leads into my next question. Mm -hmm. You accused Tarzan Mm -hmm. of not making sense because it was too based in reality and they're not being based in reality. You're defending Peter Pan. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can you talk to that little bit of hypocrisy? I can. So I... I didn't criticize Tarzan for being like too kind of fanciful and not I'm, I'm I criticize it because it's too simple as a fairy tale and that if it has any kind of real world politics or real world kind of ideas it falls apart it's because it's a ridiculous concept 
and that's why the books go to such lengths to kind of establish that Tarzan's kind of pulled between politics of mm-hmm. the Western civilization and his kind of fanciful fairy tale jungle existence. In Peter Pan, you're not so rebutting like the criticism of Peter Pan. He's a spirit of youth, like the him himself. You're not actually meant to like him that much because it's not really his story. It's the story of Wendy. And Wendy is where the realism of Peter Pan comes in. Okay, it's, if it's a story about Wendy, mm-hmm. why is she treated so awfully? And why isn't she the hero? Why isn't she the plot point? Because she has to learn that this, the spirit of youth, Peter, who she's admired and she, who's an emblem, an emblem of the childhood that she's hanging on to because she doesn't want to grow up. She doesn't want to leave, move out of the nursery to her own room at home. She's like clinging to Peter Pan. And he, she has to learn that Peter Pan and youth can't last forever. It's not all it's cracked up to be as you mature. You see that Peter Pan's a jerk. You see, yes, he has redeemable qualities. Yes, he'll always come to, to your rescue. Yes, he's someone who you can always look back fondly on as a good childhood friend, but he becomes irrelevant. But I also think she's not 18. No. She's about 10 years old and her kind of abusive father is like, no, you can't have fun anymore. Go, You're going to live out of the nursery. Also, at the very start of the film, um, John and Michael are having a play fight and they, you know, they draw on his um, shirt and he's he has a go at them. He's like, what are you doing, boys? And the boys are like, oh, well, Wendy was reading us a story. And so instead of going, well, you shouldn't draw on things, he goes, oh, Wendy? Oh, Wendy? Wendy, come in here. You're Wendy, a bit of this and that. I might that. have known. Yeah, um, like it was the boys' fault and yet he blames Wendy. Uh, he's angry at all of them, don't – that's not – Oh, 100%. Because she's 13 and her parents, that why well, they were moving her out of the room as yeah. they – I'll, I'll stay out of it. But they thought she would grow mature. up. Yes, yes. But uh, what was wrong is reading uh, or reading her brothers. Filling those little bankers' minds with l- fanciful nonsense ideas. All right, enough of this. <laughs> I have one question that I'd like you both to speak on just to yeah. your films um, rather than your opponent's film as well. Um, neither of you have spent much time on your villain. Now, Clayton and Captain Hook are two classic villains in very different ways. Mm. I would like you to just... Uh, just a couple sentences on why your villain is both iconic and uh, an asset to your film. So we'll start with Matthew. Yeah. So Captain Hook and Peter Pan is a performance powerhouse. Like, it is a wondrous performance. And it's amazing because... Peter Pan is an old-fashioned movie, and it's also an old-fashioned cartoon. It does have slapsticks. It does have physical comedy. Captain Hook lends so much to that. He embodies not just the themes of the film, because he, him, and Cap- him and Mr. Darling are voiced by the same person on purpose, because they both represent the kind of malition and kind of terror of adulthood. And what I find so great and amazing about Captain Hook is how kind of classy and flamboyant and kind of kind of goofy he is yet he always is so menacing and that is an iconic dichotomy of a villain that has depth and one of my favorite things about captain hook is he's all about good form and when he betrays that good form at the end to stab peter in the back and gets his comeuppance it's such like a great moment for his kind of arc as a villain because yes my villain has an arc in that he betrays his own values to finally get peter pan and he pays for it and he admits his fault. He yells, I'm a codfish. And yeah, I think that's why he's such an 
archetypal villain because he reflects the themes of the movie so well. He's such a great character unto himself that you could, as a kid, I, I loved watching Captain Hook, like when he shoots the singer. It's funny. Do you agree with what he did? No. But he, it's his nonchalance when he does it. It's like, now where was I? It's perfect delivery. It's great wit, and that's perfectly emblematic of golden age of Hollywood kind of sardonic, dark wit. Okay, well, let's go yeah. from the slapstick to the sinister <laughs> with Clayton. <laughs> um, okay, Clayton doesn't have an arc, but when do villains have arcs? realistically my villain is a realistic representation of how horrible people are in real life Clayton is there from the start we know he's not good but just like in real life the characters do not they trust him whereas in Peter Pan nobody trusts Hook Um, I think that Clayton is again toxic masculinity and Tarzan is the opposite of that, showing what we should be. So I think my villain is good in the way that we are shown what happens when you do things for selfish reasons without care for others. Okay. All right. Well, that's all my questions. Carly, do you I have just a- want to answer the research that I did earlier? That oh, yes, jumped absolutely. Over. Um, yes, in 1959 and 1960, there was no possible category that Peter Pan. So that's why it didn't win any awards because they didn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. There was best animated short subject, mm-hmm. but this was not a short. I will minute. say mm-hmm. that even though the awards didn't exist, Snow White won an honorary Oscar in it its did. year. Yes, and Peter Pan and that was earlier did not mm. but that is nothing against Peter Pan of course Snow White was uh, the, the, the first, first feature so like they wanted to acknowledge that but that being said let us take a quick break and we'll come back with your closing arguments Alright, so we are back with our closing arguments segment. So Matthew, you will have three minutes. Uh, with no warning, you'll just be cut off by Darkwing Duck at the end of your three minutes as to why Peter Pan is the better Disney film when compared to Tarzan. So, your time starts when you start talking. So Peter Pan has great villains. It has great characters. All of the Lost Boys have such versatile and wondrous personalities that reflects different kinds of children that we all know growing up. They're all, you know, immature. They're all very enthusiastic about just having fun all day. And you you admire that as much as you can't, you know, accept it. We get great songs like um, when Wendy has to say goodbye to Peter Pan. And this is just in the score. There's a great score. And then there's great songs like the lullaby, Your Mother and Mine, and convincing the lost boys to go back to civilization it's a great story about coming of age for pretty much every other character every character except for you know the, the pirates and even smee he becomes has an arc he gets disillusioned with the whole thing and he tries to get out of dodge on a little lifeboat at the end yes the native american depiction is re- is really really regrettable and one of the lead animators of the movie said if we were to do it today of course we would do it differently it was a different time and one argument i would make in its Sorry, defense is that what Peter and uh, this is a very awkward thing to defend. Peter, <laughs> what Peter Pan is? It's a Scots, Scotsman writing in England about Native Americans. He doesn't know anything. So, if you're going to view it in any lens, I would say Neverland's Indians are what 
the boys, John and Michael, imagine Indians to be. Before they go to Neverland, they talk about how I want to be in a pirate's cave, how I want to be an Indian brave. They All they know is the stereotypes. So the, when they go to Neverland, you could even argue it's some sort of alternate reality that's a reflection of what they want their ideal youth to be. They have a very one-dimensional um, portrayal of Indians to kind of grapple with, learn about, and then they realize that it's not all it's cracked up to be. Cut us loose? No, we're not going to cut you loose. Um, but yeah, it's a great story. It's great characters. Tinkerbell is a great depiction of a fairy because they can only feel one emotion at a time. So she has to develop a, an actual loyalty and liking for Wendy, even though at first all she could feel was jealous, murderous rage. Because she's so small, this is canon in the books, that she can only feel one emotion at a time. God, I'm clever. Anyway, Tarzan. <laughs> oh my. Self-endorsement is no recommendation. Continue. <laughs> oh no, trashing the camp is the only diegetic song in the story. It's the only time when we get to see the characters express themselves to the emotional level that the story is demanding us to get to believe in in this fantasy. And it's pointless. There's no real lyrics. It's da ba da ba da ba doo da ba da ba da da Yes, it gets stuck in my head. Yes, it's a good song, but it doesn't <laughs> propel the plot forward. It doesn't reveal any emotion. And all of the characters like Turk and the elephants, they're just derivatives of Timon and Pumbaa. It's a movie that's trying to capitalize on the sidekicks and the formulas of the Disney Renaissance without actually using that formula, which is musical theater, expressing yourself through song. And therefore, Tarzan is completely unbelievable, isolating fantasy. Put the jiggers up, you jaded <laughs> junkhead, jack in the box. <laughs> Some very interesting arguments thrown out there. Uh, interesting, interesting, interesting. I call it the sucker punch. Okay. <laughs> uh, now we will pass over to Gina. You'll have three <laughs> minutes uh, to say why Tarzan is the best Disney film of all time and why Peter Pan is not. Your time starts when you start talking. <laughs> At the start, you said the magic of Peter Pan. What is so magic of it? The magic of racism, bad parenting, sexism, or violence? Um, you said the plot never falters, um, see above. Um, and you said that Walt said that it was one of his favorites and he was so excited about doing it. Well, that just proves that Walt Disney is racist. Um, and the songs, I can't sing them, uh, but I can sing every one of Phil Collins and you you don't like the music but everyone else does I think we we need to look at the facts here and the facts are the music bangs hard um you Agreed. say that the animation is dated that's your personal opinion there's no facts behind that either and you know what is dated racism and we can talk all we want about if it was made now and if it was this and if there are awards back then but the fact is it wasn't. It was made back then and it's dated and it's not gonna uh, be a film that we can look back on in 10 years and go, that's still a good film with nothing wrong with it. Um, also, you said some of the things are ridiculous. Some of the pop plot points are ridiculous. Have a look at your whole film. Um, also, you said something about, you know, Wendy needs to figure all this out. Why does Wendy need to grow up? Why is it her responsibility? It's always the girls that have to grow up and start thinking about things, but men can be silly and keep fighting until they're 18, 20, 30. Like, it's just not fair. Anyway, 
Tarzan is a story about love, family and acceptance. This film proves that love knows no boundaries and family is more than skin deep. Accepting yourself, accepting those that are different from you, accepting that you cannot choose who you love and not accepting the bullying from Clayton or anyone else. Tarzan is a man who is kind, vulnerable, thirsty for knowledge and not a jerk like Peter Pan. And beyond all, he is loving and family orientated. Yes, there is violence, but not callous, unprecedented violence. Violence that actually aids the storyline and doesn't scar the children but all the best Disney films have a little violence The Lion King Mulan Tarzan the soundtrack is the best in Disney history and Phil Collins is a genius he deserves several more awards the animators were groundbreaking and the animation itself is mesmerizing Tarzan will age gracefully in 10 years time it will still be hilarious heartwarming and a feel-good film the messages and motifs in Tarzan are plentiful and I thoroughly believe this message will carry on for years to come I could blabber on about the facts which are stark and hard to deny, but the truth is Tarzan is an an inherently better film. The film quality, the humour, the messages. If Tarzan was to be personified, it would be a mother's hug. That warm, safe, happy feeling you get from your mother's hugs, that's what Tarzan is through and through. And if you take nothing else away from this film, take away this. Love yourself despite your flaws and differences and don't be afraid to love openly and blindly as Carla and Tarzan did. All right. Well done. Okay. Such can, can I say, hot damn. <laughs> I, have, I have a page scrawled with arrows leading everywhere from one place to another. I need to go through this. So please take this time to tell each other what you like about each other's films. All right. Well, I want it on the record. I actually <laughs> never said I didn't like Phil Collins' soundtrack. He did a great <laughs> job. The only issue I was saying is like, I've been talking about how it's different from the movie. It's kind of departed, but it's a great soundtrack. It's rousing, mm. and I never wanted to... I don't want to attack Phil Collins. <laughs> I, I just wanted to attack Tarzan. And yeah. <laughs> but it's such a great movie. It's such a great adventure. Yeah. And I, I know I criticise the violence in it, but the violence is visceral, and it's, mm. it's exciting. And the characters in it, they're fun. Yeah. And I, I know Clayton is like a very kind of over-the-top masculine character. Yeah. But Brian Blessed's voice is just so fun. So good. He's like a Gaston. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, and oh, you're such a dick. You're such, you're such a dick. But it's like, <laughs> oh, no. Terrible people. You are terrible people. I apologize. I retract my curse word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, he's a great, he's, it's a great movie. Yeah. I, apart from all the things wrong with Peter Pan, it's actually very funny. And the music is good and the voice acting is very good. Never smile at a crocodile. Classic, guys. Classic. Mm. I can't. I feel like I've watched it yesterday and I don't even remember that. But um, oh. anyway. But yeah, no, it's good. And the voice <laughs> acting is good. And maybe it would have been different if it was made at the same time. I found something that is interesting for the both of you mm. on fanfiction.net. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a fanfic where it's a Peter Pan Tarzan fight scene, and Ooh. it is a very good read. Interesting. Good read. Yes. <laughs> Who won? Have, have a guess. Oh, you'll have to find out for yourself. Oh, okay. No. Like yeah. all good verses, they fight in the beginning, then they find out that they're on the same side, and then they go off and fight the real villain. Yeah, yeah. Write the screenplay. <laughs> I'll read you one line. Tarzan, not in the mood for Peter's games, charged at him like a rhino. Oh, it's so good. Peter then tosses fruit. Oh, it's a good read, tosses guys. Fruit. It's a, re- a good, good read. Classic retaliation. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I made my decision. 
Okay. Goodness <sighs> me. Okay. <clears throat> Tarzan, Peter Pan, separated mm. by decades and many other Disney films. So they're very different. Um, yeah. The similarities are mostly just from the adapt. They're both adaptations. Mm. So a lot of arguments kind of came down to the dislike of certain elements of the film. Now, by all accounts, the most the most scathing criticism of Peter Pan is the is the racism and, and the the Redskins mention and etc. That I think you did go a long way to answering for that, saying that this is for all intents and purposes a uh, a child's story that they're telling to other children mm. using ideas that they've been given and not actually understanding it. It's not an actual political statement. Yeah. Um, so I think it, while we can forgive that in this context, we can't we can't ignore the fact that it exists in that film um, of the time, and also the casual violence in Peter Pan is always a little bit slapstick, but it is kind of shocking. Whereas the violence in Tarzan is always very real, very visceral and very like scary in a way that like we don't want to go up against the Jaguar because the Jaguar is going to be very hard to find yeah. <laughs> and will kill everyone that you love. Um, uh, so when it comes down, <laughs> the arguments that you made about Phil Collins, <laughs> I, I think that they were very well answered for. Um, while I don't think it was his choice that all the film would be non-diegetic or mm. that all the music would be non-diegetic. And I think you, when you said that they all bang, they all bang. Like this, mm. is, this is a great soundtrack. And the fact that the innovation from the Disney Renaissance going on to lead to Milan and other movies that are scored in a very similar way, uh, I, I mean, I think that is a very good point for Tarzan. Um, I think both of your films have something to say about family um, and mm. about growing up. Um, Tarzan is obviously going through a very different s trajectory in growing up than than Wendy is, mm. and I and I and I do think if Peter Pan was made today, Wendy would be much more of a feature rather than Peter Pan himself. That being said, I think the better film is Tarzan, but Peter Pan is so intrinsic to the Disney oeuvre that that is, that is the real trouble of my decision. <laughs> that was mean. <laughs> you are getting so good at this. <laughs> so when it comes down to it, I can't, I can't deny the music of Peter Pan and I can't put Phil Collins' work above the music of Peter Pan. So that cancels that out. Oh my oh. goodness! Uh, when it <laughs> when it comes down to the villain, I think both of you spoke very well. Captain Hook is a very different villain, but very charismatic, very slapstick, and Clayton is so uh, so threatening and realistic. Again, I don't they're incomparable. So again, that's taken out of consideration. Oh my lord! <laughs> when it comes down to it, I think the theme of family and belonging is and growing up and making your own life choices 
is done better in Tarzan, making it the better Disney film. Damn, well done. <laughs> Congratulations, Gina. Wow, <laughs> I'm shaking. Uh, I'm sorry I do. I, I go through that. I have to speak my thoughts out loud as I go through mm. all the different points that I've made. Um, it's as thrilling for me as it is for all of you, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, thank you for arguing so valiantly for Peter Pan, Matthew. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it was a fight well fought. It was an uphill battle, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think Peter Pan is, is one of the like f- foundations of Disney. So mm. it, it is, it's always hard to fight uh, fight something that has benefited from what your film has done, uh, which I think like Tarzan definitely has. Yeah. So that's it. That's it for another another week. If yeah. you think I've made the wrong decision, you're wrong. Well, look, <laughs> you're 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 allowed to have that opinion. You can go find our Facebook poll on our Facebook page. You can also find us on Twitter or on Instagram. And if you want to find it, find us at our home on the web. That's not canon.com forward slash. Disney vs. Disney. Also, if you want to, I guess, if you want to have a say about what we're doing next season, reach out on social media because Mm. we do have a limited run. So after this round, which we are approaching the halfway mark of. Wow. um, Is it already? mm, Mm -hmm. After this round, we will be going on to the next round, which will get shorter and shorter. And then after that, we're done. But I would like to continue doing this. So if you have thoughts on what our next bracket should be, reach out on social media and, yeah, we will keep you updated into where we're going from there. Can I just say before we end? Yes. Maddie did a very excellent job of counterpointing all of the bad things about Peter Pan. Yes. And I was very scared. I like a good justification. It's like, it's bad, but this is why. Yeah, like you did did a lot of stuff. And I think if Peter Pan was made today, it'd be lit. Thank you. And can I... Hashtag lit. And can I say, like the passion from you, Gina, (laughs) was inspiring. But not only that, it was passion that was backed up. (laughs) (laughs) I try hard. All right, well, thank you both for debating. Uh, and thank you again, Carly, for fact-checking us all the way to Thanks the end. Thanks for having me, Weber. And we'll be back next week with another Disney vs. Disney debate. Until then, keep watching Disney, everyone. Bye. Farewell. I'm Morgan Phillips and I'm a human. And I'm Isabella Vallette and I'm also a human. But I was raised by fairies. And now I'm taking my human friend Morgan in to meet all of the mythological creatures that I know. Every Sunday we meet a new mythological creature and interview them about their life in a modern day context. Such as... The Night King from Game of Thrones. Funicula, the friendly vampire brother of Dracula. We've met the Loch Ness Monster. Santa. The Volpertinga. The Devil. And a Mermaid. And many more. We release all our interviews as a podcast called Off with the Fairies, where we interview a new mythological creature every week living in a modern day world come join us that's not kind of productions podcast forward it's the one move we're all ready to take and at the audi moving forward sales event we're ready to help you on that journey all audi dealerships are now open with tailored solutions to suit your individual needs like the audi a6 saloon 
with PCP Finance from only €499 per month. Now is the time to make an appointment. Now is the time to start moving forward. Audi. Vorsprung durch Technik. Terms and conditions apply. At Accounting Technicians Ireland, we believe it's never too late to study for a professional qualification. Whether you're working in a finance role and want to upskill, or looking to return to the workplace after time away, at ATI you can study online, full-time or part-time, when and where suits you. To find out more and register for our diploma courses starting this September, visit accountingtechniciansireland.ie. Start your journey with ATI.